Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Perspective. Tune in with us today as we talk to Lee about forgiveness and letting go. First off, I just want to share that I'm extremely grateful for this opportunity and this energy and this new people and perspective, um, pun included. (laughs) But I'm just extremely grateful to be here and to share this with y'all and everybody else in this space. So thank you. Glad you're here. Okay. All right, so this one is called Comfort Zone. Inspired by a quote, something that Rupi Carr wrote. This feeling doesn't have power over you. How could this be? It's true, you see. Coming from someone who feels way too deep. I don't only feel my feelings, I become them. We are one, I align and reside within them. Like a second home or a bed with really comfy sheets. I find comfort soon to be fast asleep until I wake up and the only thing I see looking back at me is a feeling one I've met before familiarity as I speak I am the feeling that I seek until it dissipates and I look again unclear of who looks back at me those feelings left a residue that I can't erase see my feelings became me pushing out who really lies beneath So when I'm angry, I become anger. I rage like no one has ever seen, destroying everything in my way, setting a blaze, taking control, letting this shit own me. Anger becomes me. And when I'm sad, I become sadness. I cry oceans, I soak and grieve, I sit in the sadness until there's nothing left to weep. And even then, sadness becomes me. And when I'm happy, I become joy. I radiate an energy that is bigger than me. I attract everything and everyone I wish to meet. Fulfilling with abundance, I float high above the ground. You barely see my feet. Joy becomes me. I do things, some of which I wish not to speak. I am that feeling, essentially, letting the power flood me. Believe me, I know I have to hold responsibility of the actions that took a hold as I went under. This is not to excuse what my hands unfolded, but simply to help you understand what I mean when I say the feeling is me. See, the challenge that faces me is separating the feeling from the being. How does one not let these feelings take a hold as I surrender and submit defeat? I watch from within my own comfort zones. All those things those feelings are doing for me. Pick me up, put me down, place me, whoa, steady at ease. I've been content in being the submissive, not seeing what was being taken, rather what was left to pick up once the feeling is done with me. There will be a day that comes where I no longer let these feelings have power over me, and all that will be left to say is, rest in peace. Not to you, but to the feelings that thought they still had hold on me. Thank you. It's your girl, Lee. Ooh, God. I need the audio. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> my bad. My I need bad. the audio. Okay, send that to my phone. I'm listen to that. <laughs> Whoa, man! Thank you for sharing that. That was amazing. That was amazing. For sure. Some background on that one. I wrote that uh, January 2021, actually, and I was struggling to balance why I felt so much. All the time. Oh and that's when I realized, like, I'm an empath. So yeah. I pick up energy. I pick up emotions. I pick up feelings. Even if it's somebody who has negative energy, I get sick to my stomach sometimes. I, like, mm. 
my body reacts. And I couldn't understand it. But once I wrote that and I read Rupi Kaur, she's one of like an amazing poet. And reading her story through her poetry kind of just opened my eyes to like, wow, this one part here, I kind of just built the poem off of it. And I no longer let my feelings control me. Mm. So it's crazy to see my growth from January 2021 to today where my feelings don't control me anymore. Jeez. What was the journey like getting to where you are now as far as like, first, how did you realize that your feelings controlled you? That's the first question. And the second question is, how did you take that first step to like, Tell them, like, just to take control of yourself and not to let the feelings take control of you. Mm, that's going to be very heavy. <laughs> oh, I'm with it. I'm with it. Um, I would say maybe less than six months prior to that, I kind of self-identified with all the toxicity that I inhaled through my childhood and exhaled onto my partner. Um, and I kind of asked a hard question of, was I being emotionally and mentally abusive? Answer is yes. Mm. Not perfect. But that was my first step. And I'm not going to lie, the first three months, I did not see any way to go. I was like in this box of just self-doubt and guilt and shame. And I, in a way, became my own abuser mentally. My, my head talk, how I talk to myself. And um, once I was ready to get out of that, I was able to start self-reflecting. It was like clockwork. It was like, how can I be better? Why am I here and what can I do to not be here? Who do I want to be? Because inside I felt like I wasn't a good person. And I, that's all I wanted. And my want to be a good person overtook everything. It wasn't for anybody else. It was for me. I owed that to myself to be genuine. Not just a pretty face, but to be like a genuine person. Because this body is not forever and my soul is gonna be here and has been here infinite amount of time so i feel like i'm rambling but um, i'm loving this keep going (laughs) okay you hit home um but yeah that's what started my self-reflection to be like okay you know you're an empath now what you want to be flooded the rest of your life with emotions that aren't yours you want to carry the weight of the world that you already in a way subconsciously carry Mm -hmm. how do you release that without continuing to hurt somebody like how far was I willing to go to protect my inner child yeah I was I went far (laughs) I went far but in order to have that darkness and to come through that there's equally the same amount of light Mm -hmm. so anything I like I get challenged with I want to run straight towards the darkness because I know that there's an equal amount of light and people get scared to go into the darkness, into the unknown. But it makes me happy. It actually makes me so calm because I'm like, I'm not the same person I was even five minutes ago, let alone a month ago, a week ago, a year ago. Imagine what I'm about to do. Imagine what walking through the darkness is going to bring to me. So let's do it. Let's rebirth. Let's go yeah. over and over again. Like, I'm anxious, nervous, but also calm and peaceful. Like, my feelings are coexisting. And they just flow through me. <laughs> how, how often did you um, did you feel like like you questioned yourself? Like how how long were you confused about, or even aware that you were confused about how you felt? Like why you felt so strongly about those feelings? Like overwhelmed? Because I know for me, I felt similar ways. Like I, I didn't know 
why I was so angry or why I got so sad. So like, was it like a long journey of like kind of going through things that somebody else tell you or did you like did somebody else open your eyes or was it like kind of like more self-reflection? It was um, a movie I watched called I, Tanya mm. with Margot Robbie. It's about the ice skater. Okay. Um, I was watching it and I saw a lot of verbal abuse and physical abuse and mental abuse. And I was watching the screen and I saw myself. I saw my childhood. I saw the little girl inside of me from my childhood. I saw how I inhaled that. And I just kind of just turned around and asked the question like, hey, like, do I do these, some of these things? It was yes. Mm. So to be cutthroat honest with myself, no matter how ugly that looked, to really be so honest with myself that it disgusted me. Like, it made my stomach turn. Like, I had to um, cry it out. I had to let it out because I became everything I didn't want to be, and I didn't even realize it. It was subconscious. It was how I was taught to love. So all of that, I was just like, oh, this is how I love. I don't know no better. I wasn't taught any better, but I made the choice to continue that. So being honest and kind of changing my self-talk, like, why are you angry right now? Well, I'm angry because I'm feeling envious. I'm angry because I'm feeling jealous. I'm angry because I want that. And then listening to myself say that to myself, I'm like, damn, how old are you? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> ugly, but um, it was there. There, were, And then I kind of dissected that part, being truthful. Why is there an envy? Why is there a jealousy? Why is there something, so much low vibrational stuff that's rooted inside of me? Then it took me back to my childhood, took me back to all that stuff. And I got to dissect essentially my whole life until I understood myself more. So at what point did it go from that victim mentality? Because I feel like a lot of our generation and people coming up now, we get cool. We know like there's trauma. We know we have trauma, but a lot of us don't do the work and sometimes may live in this facade where we think we're doing the work and we're, you know, we're healing these things and taking the right steps because we posted, like, some Buddha on Instagram, you know what I'm saying? But behind closed doors, we're still, but that's who I am, and that's who, who I was brought up to be because that's how my mom was, and that's just, you know, a result of that. So, like, at, one po- at what point for you was it like, okay, cool, this is, you know, my, these were my circumstances. That did make me this person, but I can't change that. When when did that click for you? Because I know some, like I said, we can get caught up in the in the middle of it where we're recognizing it, but not making any steps to um, make it any better. I would say after I sulked in all that just low vibrational energy for three months, I was like, I can't stay here forever. So, you know, there's that awareness and then there's choice. A lot of people can be aware about their shit and what they need to do and how they need to fix it. But then what? But then what comes after that? So you're aware that you're doing things, but there's no movement within you. There's no urgency. There's no sense of like, I want to be a good person. I don't want to be this anymore. It's like, well, I'm aware. So, you know, and that's not me. Like, for me, I have this willingness to learn. I always had that my whole life. I'm a quick learner and I excel at a lot. Um, But when it came to wanting to be a better person that was in my heart that was in my core nothing has moved me to that extremity of 
I want to be a better person and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. I'm willing to do the work that I need to do internally to get there. I'm willing to be honest with myself. I'm willing to look at myself. I'm willing to be kind to myself, to forgive myself, to love myself, to fall, to pick myself up. Essentially, I'm tapping into my divine femme and masculinity Mm -hmm. of nurturing the inner child that didn't get the same things that I got. And when I speak on my inner child, I envision this adult version of me holding my hand like mm. that little kid inside of me just like i got you i i just resonate with it i have a will to be better because i'm gonna tell y'all like this i've been here 300 years i promise you <laughs> at least i'm a very old soul and i'm tired mm. and so i'm running to the best version of myself the highest elevated version of myself living my truth not just speaking it but living it because I'm not coming back. I ain't coming back. Maybe as a tree. Maybe, you know, <laughs> in that forest they found in China, the hidden one or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in this form, nah, this is it. I got I to gotta fulfill my want to be a good person. Everything else is kind of, everything is everything. <laughs> that resonates with me so much because I say that. I say to Haley, I was like, this is my last time. Like, I'm done. Like, um, and we were talking about this earlier. It's like, I don't like to say I've reached enlightenment or I'm enlightened because there's no destination. It's an ongoing journey. But I know that I'm not coming back. And I know that I'm going to continue to learn. and I'm going to continue to become greater every single day. And I'm done. Like, (laughs) put me back Put me back with the source. I'm signing <laughs> off on the check. I love y'all. I'm going to see y'all when I see y'all. You feel me? And really, I just want to like, what's what's your definition of a good person? Mm. How do you know you're being a good person? What is a good person? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I think that varies for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was letting go of everything that defined me. A daughter, a wife a poet, a barista, Mm -hmm. my jobs, letting go of my behavior. That was a big one for me. The mental and abusive behavior, Mm -hmm. I would be like, I'm an abusive person. I'm abusive. I'm abusive. There's no room for growth. It's a dead stop right there. Mm -hmm. I had to release my old behaviors and not let that define me. And that's very hard because when you've done something for so long and you've identified and like looked, really looked at yourself, you're like, that's who I am. It has to be. Because I did it, it has to be me. I had to let that go. Like, really just let that go. So once I took off every single layer and saw what is happiness, what is a good person to me, I thought about when you die, nobody cares what car you drive, how many mm-hmm. figures you make, were you the flyers dressed or not? Like, they don't care about that. They care about how you made them feel. Mm. And I realized how I made people feel was not what I wanted to make people feel. It wasn't me, essentially. It was me, but it wasn't me. It was all the trauma that was taught to me that was, quote, like, Band-Aid or covered up with love. Mm -hmm. It was all the things that society has conditioned me to think was right or the way to move or how relationships are supposed to be or how you're supposed to live or how love is supposed to look like. But none of that was actually me. So making people feel how I wanted them to feel and to be in control of that, like... I want to leave this feeling with you. 
that's all that's all I care about. The thing is feelings are strong. People will remember like she brought a smile to my face or she was genuinely down to earth or she was a good person, not oh she had this and she had that, nah. Nah. <laughs> What's um so when you first started to discover yourself, did you ever like go the opposite way? Like uh what I mean by that is um like you first started to discover yourself, you starting to feel good. Did you ever feel like, Oh, I figured it out, I'm done? Like I'm shoot, I'm smooth now. Sign to check what you say. Yeah, I'm out of here, right? <laughs> so like to, so like tell me about that. In all honesty, nah. Mm. I've never thought I was gonna be done. That unwillingness in me to learn was there before I went on myself's like discovery journey. Mm-hmm. So when it came to that, I've already accepted the fact that I'm gonna die and I'm not gonna know shit. Like I'm gonna know this much yeah. of the knowledge that's actually out there. Okay. And I knew that in my core. I don't I don't know how to explain it. There's certain things I know and I feel that I wasn't taught. Mm. I wasn't taught any of this. It just like speaks through me when people allow me to speak freely and really tap in and listen. So something in me, maybe me from a different dimension or me from a different lifetime was just like, girl, this is knowledge that's rooted in you. You speak it. And when you're allowed to speak it, you know, it's true. Mm-hmm. I don't have to convince y'all. Y'all can think I'm crazy. You can think I'm insane for thinking I'm 300 years old or turning into a tree or some <laughs> shit. <you know? laughs> but I feel that so deeply. I'm so confident in those words because it's just something I can't explain. Um, I heard something a while back, and it was like, my job is not to make you believe what I believe. My job, not even my job, but what I'm here to do is to make, like, let you know that I believe what I believe, you know, and I, I have conviction, and I'm passionate, and I hold these truths close to me. This is my truth. It don't have to be your truth, but I'm just here giving you another perspective. And it's just, that like that's amazing, and I, I love it. I hope you come back as a tree. So we can, I'm, I'm going to be at that Blowing tree. in the wind. <laughs> okay. No, for real. So, like, oh man, just picking, like, that inner child, you know, that trauma in your face and speaking to it and addressing it, that's heavy. That's hard. That's tough. And to do it alone, and you, I know you said you kind of feel like, you have a knowing, you know, things are coming and I agree with you a hundred percent. And I feel like enough, a, a lot of people don't tap into their selves enough. And that's typically what I mean. Like people don't sit with their selves and let their selves come up with wisdom, but they look for it from so other many people who are the same as them. How did you let that wisdom that you, you already know that you possess come up and help you battle that, that trauma, that war, you know, with the feelings from your inner child to get you past the point that, that you were at to where you are now? I had really supportive, good people around me. You know, sometimes life or the universe or whatever will push certain peoples into your orbit. Mm -hmm. And I think once I started that journey of like, okay, taking action, identifying, did I start to call on people who let me feel safe enough to just speak? Lots of times I felt misunderstood. I would get cut off. You know, people would often stare at me with a blank stare like, (laughs) and I'm like, Okay, I'm weird, you know. <laughs> um, okay. Um, but being able to hear that wisdom that was already rooted in me came from people who allowed me to feel safe and to just hear me. Mm-hmm. Um, being also a lot of people I hung out around were older. 
So lots of times I would get that. You're just a baby, you know, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, play it. <laughs> I've been around the black. Okay. <laughs> been around the black. And around the black. <laughs> um, but I did find that when I had someone that was older than me, maybe like 10 years older than me, really good friend of mine, she just listened to me. She didn't care about my age. She didn't care about how young I was, how long I've existed. She just sat and let me flow. And I had goosebumps. And I felt this just like chill rise over my body. And she just let me speak. And that's when I knew I tapped into something different. It's been there. But I haven't felt safe enough to express it. I've been put down, dismissed, not acknowledged, whatever for it. But it's always been there. I just needed the right people in my orbit to let her come through. Mm. It seemed like you um, like you not really, um, you're in a space where you don't care about other people's opinion. Um, do you feel like that's always something you, uh, I know you said you always felt like the need for knowledge, but you feel like that strong will and that confidence, you feel like you always stood for something? Actually, I was probably the least confident <laughs> person. Um, I looked for validation a lot. I had this uh, deep, dark void inside of me that I tried to fill it with other people, um, other things, relationships, looking like for attention and kind of jumping right at it, even if it's not good for me. Um, <laughs> so it's weird because that confidence spiritually that came from just knowing something that, that didn't flow into the just day-to-day things of me. It was only when I felt safe. Other than that, I tried to use other people to fill this void that I alone could only fill. That's something else I've recently tapped more into about what fills my void. I need to give myself attention. Like, I owe myself everything. Mm. I don't owe anybody else anything. I want to give because that's my personality. I give. But people take without regard. Mm -hmm. They take until nothing's left. They take because you're teaching them and allowing them to continue taking from you. They're, like, feeding off your your energy, off your soul, like, I don't know, leeches. Mm, What? (laughs) But I allowed them to. And that's where, like, that self-awareness comes in. I allowed people to treat me this way, to take from me, because I just want to give to everybody, you know? Like, I want everybody, you know, to be the best, highest version of themselves. And I had to learn where to cut that off. How strongly you feel about, like, the time you spent by yourself? Do you feel like, I know you said you surrounded yourself around people that was, I guess, um, were aligned with you. But um, I know, personal experience, that being alone big factor for me is understanding myself because I, I felt the same way. I feel like I kind of reached out to people. At one point, I didn't feel like myself. So, like, do you feel like you spent a lot of time by yourself? Is that kind of what ignited it? Like, kind of what really helped you discover yourself? Yeah, I would say so. Um, when I say I surrounded myself with people, I mean that very loosely because I am an introvert. Yeah. And uh, people might have been three mm. that made me feel that safe or had that just deeper insight. Um but the time alone, that has lit something else inside of me that showed me that I use objects and materials and people to fill a void inside of me. Like, I needed the time alone. I actually feel like I'm thriving in the time alone, but I know I can't get too comfortable in isolation because my inspiration comes from living life. Mm-hmm. I can't be scared to live, and my anxiety was really bad when you know just being alone and isolating myself and I wouldn't even go out and there's something I've told myself is that I am love and in being love fear cannot exist because love lives so anytime I felt anxious or paranoid I'm like but baby I'm love Mm -hmm. and my inner child be like you're right 
<laughs> yes, yes, I am. And I'd be like, so fear cannot exist because love is out there living. Love is living actively, fluidly every single day and everything. And it helped me overcome that isolation piece, but also helped me see what to use to fill myself with that, with what I needed, that void. So drinking water, <laughs> a gallon of water a day or just having a glass by the bedside, doing my stretches in the morning making a morning playlist that just fed a lot of good energy into me going outside being in the sun it sounds very minute um but those things made me full mm-hmm. and when they filled me up I could go out in the world and I saw that I was able to give more and with abundance and grace and like gratitude because it was like I'm not on e so if I have a will to give and I'm able to reach out to family or friends or give advice or anything like that. There was so much more genuine me behind there that it felt good. I'm like, okay, like I can give over here, you know, I can give over there and I got to pick and choose like who's about to get this work today, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll turn in words and be like, okay, it's time to recenter yourself, pour back into yourself because energy to me is, I pick it up so easily like a sponge. So I have to find time every single day, even if it's five minutes, 30 minutes, something needs to get poured into me or I'm going to just be like, nah, and you may not hear from me for like two weeks or something. <laughs> you just hit up so, so much right there. And like the thing that stuck out the most is like you pouring into yourself to fill your cup, putting you in a position to be at your best and also give people your best because you know that they deserve that. And I feel like that is kind of, you know, something that I like really advocate for is like, you know, being being selfish so you can be selfless, mm-hmm. filling up your cup so you have something to give. If your cup is empty, you're not going to be able to do too much. You're not going to be able to give too much. And you're probably going to, you know, come into some emotions of feeling drained or if this, this person only wants me for this. You know, I feel like it could lead to a lot of, you know, negative thinking. Let's call it. You feel me? If you're not feeling, you just feel as people are sucking everything from you. But that's not their fault. They don't know that your cup's not full. Some might, if they're aware, but at the end of the day, it all relies on you to take that time to personally develop, truly to check in with yourself to see where you vibrating at today. Am I in a position to give? Am I in a position to be around people? And if I'm not, I think it's, I think the healthy thing to do for yourself and the other person is to say, nah, today's a day I need to take for myself. I need to, you know, replenish. I need to pour some more into my cup because I'm not where I want to be. I'm not going to be that good person that I see myself being that, that what I am pursuing. And um, I just, that's just, yeah, I love seeing things like that come back full circle because it's just something I think about often. Like I pour so much time into myself and like, it's a non-negotiable for me every single day, two hours in the morning. That's Quan. You feel me? Like whether it's, you know, it's (laughs) it's yoga, you feel me? Whatever it is, Quan, I have to, because I know if I do that, I'm going to be the best husband I ever was that day. I'm going to be the best father I ever was that day. I'm going to be the best friend. When I see my friends, I'm like, I don't want to just give y'all this body and suddenly so just say, here's my presence. No, I want to give you me. I want to give you the thing that, that really is me because this body is not me. Mm-hmm. This body is just something that I'm using, a vessel, to interact with you on this plane of life. And if I don't, replenish what's inside this vessel you ain't gonna get nothing but this body and this body is truly useless Mm. in the fact of helping you get through whatever you going through or 
helping you just you know making someone smile or laugh. If I'm not full, I'm not I'm probably not gonna smile. And if I'm not, if I'm not gonna smile, you probably not gonna smile. And guess what? That's gonna that friendship is gonna turn a different way if that happens consecutively too many times. I don't wanna be around them. They they always in a bad mood. They're always negative. And I think that's also a, a aspect or a perspective to look at other people when they're not and they're not their best self. It's to remind yourself, that cup not full today. They're not full today. Let Give them a break. And if you can, let them know, hey, go pour into yourself. Pouring into yourself is not selfish. It's the most selfless thing that you can do because you deserve to be at your best and the people that you love deserve to see you at your best in whatever way that may work or happen, which you may do to obtain that, whatever. But... It's just knowing that you do deserve the best. And I love to see that you know that and that you are living that. And I love, oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> like, like, Quan, I know you, you big on uh, routine. So, like, what's a, uh, what's a routine you feel like your, your go-tos day-to-day that you, like, you got to do to fill up your cup? Um, I would say that's changing. I used to be so set on, like, I have to do this in this order. Um, but I realized I wasn't giving my full amount to that because I wasn't listening to my body. So some days, you know, stretching or doing my yoga, it wasn't, I wasn't able to be fully present because I wasn't listening to my body. And it's like, I would love to do things in that structure. But when I sit and listen to my body and I wake up and I ask myself, what does your body need today? Sometimes it's sitting outside for fresh air. Sometimes it's doing yoga, going to the gym. Other times it's diving straight into reading a book. But when I ask myself, what does my body need? What do I need right now? that's going to change. And as that changes, that means like, instead of doing my set routine of, you know, doing yoga, doing meditation, doing this, doing that, doing this, like every single day, it kind of becomes routine. Um, Instead of doing that, I'm just like, right now my body needs to go sit outside and have some fresh air. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then listen to your body and flow with that because then I know I can be fully present. I don't want to continue to do things that I'm not fully present with. So if I'm doing yoga and I'm just like, not feeling it like it's not hitting today for some reason it's because my body does not need that that's why it's not hitting that's why it's not connecting the way it usually connects with me because I'm mentally a little bit not there and that's okay Mm. I just gotta tap in and be like okay where can I give 100% right now because I I need it Mm. I know uh for me before I even let myself get bored I gotta work out walk or read that's kind of like what I try to do and if I don't read I listen to a podcast or something like I like before I allow myself or even sit there and be like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I got to try to do those three things. And that's that's like something I try to follow every day. So like, Steph, what about you? What's something you, you feel like you you do day to, daily that you got to do to fill your cup? So first of all, I got to take a shower when I wake up. Otherwise, I will get back in that bed and go to sleep. It don't matter how long I've been up. Like mm. the other day I stood up for two hours. I didn't get in the shower. I went right back to sleep for another two. Mm. So take a shower. That's, I feel like, my only time to meditate, too, for real, because if Sage see me, he crying. So there's <laughs> no peace in that. So in the shower where he can't see me is my only time. So that's meditation to me. Um, I like to go out on the patio and talk to my plants now, now that I see some growth. So I'm, yeah. I've been talking to them, and it's been, I like it. I'm enjoying yeah. it. Like yeah. I, I repotted them and everything today. Um, so that and work out. Always, if I if I'm not work if I'm not doing some sort of work, I feel like I gained ten pounds yeah, that I day. That. Mm. So. I feel that. And like what you said about being bored, you know, me and Haley had talked about this a while ago, 
And we like completely just deleted that word from our vocabulary because we said, if you really think about it, there's no way you can be bored. How can you be bored with yourself? You're basically saying that you're not interesting. You're basically saying there's there's not enough within you going on to keep you entertained or intrigued. So we stopped saying that. And now if I really think about you, I can't tell you the last time I was bored. Even if I'm around somebody that, you know, that I might not necessarily align with, you feel me? And I, the conversation might not be there. I still don't let myself get bored because as I said before, time is my, my, my the most important thing to me. And if I let someone else get me bored, they're taking time from me that I'm not going to be able to experience or get back. Like I said, I value life. I need that time. <laughs> Regardless of what situation I'm in or, you know, what, you feel me, if the, the house on fire, whatever, you know, it's just I can't let myself get bored. I can't allow someone else to let me get bored because that just means I'm not, I'm not comfortable being present with myself. You had said something, not, not allowing people to make you feel a certain way that's actually something I struggle with a lot and like it's only if I really care about you like if I really care about you and you piss me off like I'm gonna be pissed for a long time and I know better because I'll have like don't let don't let that bother you like it's, it's already done you know what's done is done nothing could change your emotion about it right now ain't gonna change nothing but I still let myself do it and you talked about your traumas like at any point did you put blame on people other than yourself, for the way you were um, acting? Yes. <laughs> first, like, with the first thing you said about uh, not allowing people to, I guess, kind of get you hyped up or whatever, like, cause that turmoil in you. Um, for me, something that worked with that was seeing love in everything, so, like, in the trees and people. And I guess what I mean by that is I saw my reflection in everybody just at a different phase of life. And I was just like, that's okay. So when I meet somebody that might be on their first lifetime around, they can only meet me as far as they've met themselves. And I just accept them for that because I've been there. I was that lifetime ago. So it's okay. Like I see you. And that's allowed me to have a calmness when certain things like, you know, try to, I guess, allow them to take control of me is I'm just like, I see you, and I accept you for where you're at. And sometimes you meet people who are the five-year older version than you. You know, they're on a on a different phase. They're a little bit further. But then you're just looking at them like, that's me. You know, <laughs> that's going to be me. Yeah. And that's cool. And it just, like, for me personally, that helped ground me and just gave me a bit of gratitude of just, like, I see myself so much in you. I see you as a past version of me. And I've come so far in such a short amount of time. And it's like, oh, I see a version of you that's on a different phase. And that's the more, that's that's going to be me soon. And I see myself and I hope they see themselves. But yeah, that definitely will help with like grounding, at least for me, um, just being able to be like, okay, cool. I love it. Yeah, you really, you really walk in what you say. Because with that, like, I'll act like you ain't get a rise out of me. But inside, I'll be hot <laughs> on set. <laughs> It'd it be like sock and boppers in this thing, man. What? No. What? No, I would definitely feel you because even sometimes, like, you know, I'll, like, kind of feel myself, like, get a little agitated. Or sometimes for me, the feeling is my gut drops. Whenever I am um, going into a situation, and I don't even realize that I have anxiety about it, 
But what it tell me is my gut drops or if I got to go interact with some people I don't usually want to interact with, my gut will drop. And I'm like, like, dang, what is this telling me? What is this telling me? And I always got like, I, I've caught on now. The first like four or five times, I'm like, why is my gut dropping? And then I realized, oh, it's because I know that I'm going to be in a situation that may test me, may test, you know, I never consider myself enlightened. No, I don't. But, you know, one of the, um, a quote that um, Haley always tells me, I forget who's, it might have been Shetty, but if you think you're so enlightened, mm. go spend a, you know, a week with your parents or a week with somebody completely different from you, someone from your past or whatever. And I think about that and I'm like, take a deep breath. You feel me? Don't let nobody, don't let nobody have that power over you. How did you come to realize that people did have power over you at some point? How did you find that you were susceptible to that? I am a people pleaser, 3,000. Like <laughs> <laughs> Most empaths are. Yeah, like. I'm just like, yes. Yes to everything. Mm-hmm. You ask me, hey, you want to show? Yes. You got time? Yes. Say when? Say less. Mm. I would like be getting ready to go do stuff. I'm like, you don't got time to do this today. There's other stuff you're not prioritizing. But I realized I lacked respect for myself. I did not respect myself to put myself as priority. I respected other people. So if someone was like, hey, I'm going to be here. Meet me here. Okay, in a heartbeat. But when it was me, like, hey, you need to do this for yourself, I was like, mm, do I really Do I really need to do that? So once I started to respect myself more with my actions rather than just dialogue or things I was, like, surrounding myself with, it started to change. And I started to just be like, it's okay. I say that maybe a thousand times a day because it calms my inner child. And that's the one that's coming up, like... I feel it. Something's off. You're going back into something because I feel like everything is like rooted or traced to your childhood. And the more deep I've dug with that, I understand that. So when I feel that turmoil, I'm just like, it's okay. You know, like maybe they were having a bad day. Mm. Maybe this person was going through something else. But at the end of the day, it's not about me. And I don't have to accept it. I can accept them because I've done that. I've taken my anger out on people who didn't deserve it, on yeah. strangers. I. I see myself so much in them that I can show gratitude because I'm like, what would I need in that moment? Mm. Maybe just someone to keep it, you know, calm and collected. Like, okay, all right, man, have a great day. You know, here's a free coffee card or like, you know, be well, be fulfilled. You know, the things that people don't really say to other people or smile at them that, that impacts a lot. Um, But from your question before Steph, I used to blame everybody for everything, everybody for everything. Um, it was not my fault, and everybody else was responsible for how I was feeling, what I was going through. And I'm an empath, so I feel a lot. So to place that weight on not only my partners, but everybody else's shoulders that was around me, um, it was heavy. It was very heavy. And letting go of that part is really hard because I know I have to forgive myself. So even talking about it kind of just brings that part of me. It's just like, damn, I really did that. And I'm so comfortable in misery that I just want to sit here like... Mm. That, that voice in my head, like, you're not good enough. You're not deserving. You're not lovable. You're not worthy. Um, that comes in, but my other voice just kind of combats it and soothes it. Um, of just like, you are deserving. Your actions don't define you. Yes, you did do that, but look at where you're at now. Look how much you've changed and grown, and your behaviors don't define you as a person. And your growth and your willingness to move forward and be a better person and let your actions do that that shows more about you than what you've done or who you were to somebody in the past. You're talking about how you talk to yourself 
that voice that comes up when you, how you just want to sit here and do that. And I share with them, like, when I started getting good at kickboxing, I'm like, and my coach is telling me I'm good. I'm like, he's supposed to say that. He's supposed to believe in me. He don't really think that. And they like, they, you know, they kind of got this face. And for you to say that, I'm like, Lee doubt herself. Because when I met you, you walked in and you start, we started off as a client coach situation. And anyone who was a client was always scared to get their measurements. Lee's like, boom. Ah, let's go and write it down so for you to say like confidence is something you you struggle with or that negative self-talk is it's almost grounding to know that you're not the only person going through certain situations and it doesn't make me feel any better that you go through it too but it makes me feel a little better that i'm not the only person going through it you know what i'm saying yeah for real and and you you mentioned anxiety you know what i'm saying and someone doesn't say oh Quan write a blog and he'd be getting on his reels and he'd be talking like Quan could when he started the podcast before it was like he was telling a story like I was listening to an audible like you don't say Quan struggles with confidence or Quan struggles with anxiety so is how, how is the anxiety like how do you talk to yourself through the anxiety but you pursue something like poetry and being vulnerable and sharing your experiences with people like how what is that like some days harder than most but I try to listen to my body um listen to my intuition because she tends to be often right Mm -hmm. (laughs) even when my mind's like nah this is what you're comfortable with my intuition's like girl you need to be uncomfortable to figure that out so like like you said even at the nutrition club and I was like okay and so what take measurements my inner side was like I'm not supposed to be comfortable and that's okay. Like I'm not supposed to be in my comfort zone because I'm not comfortable in my body right now, but it doesn't mean I can't sit here and do what I need to do for, you know, myself. So it's like, this is uncomfortable. My toes might be sweating, but you know, I'm here and I tried to just remain present. Like, okay, let's get these measurements done because I saw a bigger picture. And with my anxiety, (laughs) sometimes I, I get so overwhelmed by it and I let it control me um, to a point where I couldn't even get out the house. Like when I first moved to Florida, it was so bad. I like <laughs> did this weird stuff with to like protect my front door, you know, like make sure like she nothing could get in. It's for nuts up in there. You step is like lasers. <laughs> <laughs> and no matter how crazy it seemed, I had to do what made me feel comfortable yeah. because like my paranoia and my anxiety were like running up. I'll be like someone's following me or I would run into my apartment. Um like I would get dressed up, I would leave. I'd make it to the car, I'd circle the block, and I'd get right back to the parking spot and go back inside. And I would, like, I realized once I hit that door, I kind of just dropped to my knees and I started bawling my eyes out. It's just hard. Some days are harder, but I have to be extremely kind to myself in those moments because what I saw there, you could see, like, oh, she's tripping, she can't even make it out the house or whatever. But I learned to see that, nah, I made it to the front door this time. Mm. No, I actually made it to the parking lot. Wait a minute. I actually got into the car. I actually drove out of the car. I'm like, wait, what? That's an accomplishment in itself. And I've learned to be, like, accepting of that. Like, this is a tough time, so where can I show myself kindness? Because I'm so used and so comfortable with being miserable that I had to look at what equals on that same field. To have a heightened emotion of... I say anxiety, paranoia. There's also equally on the same frequency, peace, 
happiness, joy, calm. And I didn't see it at the time, but I see it now. And I just tapped more into that so I could be okay with dropping to my knees crying, <laughs> you know, not making it out the house, not going to events, um, being paranoid, thinking, like, I have to watch my back and, like, just feeling not safe or secure. Where's the feeling of the unsafeness? Where do you feel like that comes from? You think childhood? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really do. Um Always, I guess, trying to tippy-toe over people um, and their feelings and their emotions because I, you know, like, it's crazy that you think about it, but you would get in trouble for certain things. Like, even down to what I was wearing and how I presented myself, some things I could not do. Like, you're not going to go out like that. (laughs) You're not going to do your makeup like that. You're not going to express yourself like that. It's not okay. Oh, you hurt yourself. Well, you got to be more careful. Not, hey, are you okay? But not, you got to be more careful. You got to do better. You got to think better. Oh, like, you're also black and you're a woman. And now you want to be gay? Oh, you got to be high ranking. Like, you have to prove yourself to everybody why you're deserving, why you're supposed to be here, what your purpose is. You have to prove yourself in school, in work, in the world. Because if you don't prove yourself, then you're nothing. Mm. And no matter how much I do, no matter how good I'm at doing something, even in my job today, I'm creating drinks. I like making coffee. Yeah. But I find myself proving myself to people who are on a different page than me that don't need, I don't need their approval to know, I know what I'm doing and I know my heart goes into these drinks and these customers be like, yo, that was divine. I'm like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but that constant need to prove myself kind of felt that like I'm not good enough. So yeah, definitely from childhood, like, I got to prove that I'm the best. And even then, people still will dismiss that, dismiss your your effort, your being. They'll even dismiss your existence. Mm. And I had to get to a point where I had to stop apologizing for existing. I deserve to take up space. But if I don't feel it, if I don't feel like I belong there, I'm still going to try to prove something that I'm not, that I don't need to do. Time. <laughs> we gonna have to do a part two. Oh hey, yeah. yo, <laughs> do, we got Lee got a lot more to say, and I can feel it right now. And I got a lot more to ask. I do too, <laughs> man. Thank y'all so much for tuning in with us, man. Oh my goodness, Lee brought so much to this platform to this episode today, and we cannot wait to get her back on here for a part two. Oh man, it's gonna be amazing. Please stay on the lookout to hear more amazing insight and wisdom from Lee. <laughs> <laughs>